did you get started in lacrosse? So, I got started in lacrosse when I moved from <laughs> one side of my hometown of Fairport to the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lacrosse game, it was like just before school started in September, and there was a lacrosse game going on in my side yard because I have the biggest side yard in, in uh, the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I still live here, so right. that's why I say I, I, I have the biggest side yard. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so everybody played in the neighborhood, and I was in my sixth grade year, just going into sixth grade, and so I was exposed to it for a year before I started, you know, I tried out for the team, and I probably was pretty lucky I made the team because my stick skills weren't very good, but I liked it a lot, and my middle school teacher uh, talked me into going out. I was a baseball guy, so uh, my middle school uh, teacher, phys ed teacher, was the head coach of the varsity team. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, that's that's when it started. All right. And then, uh, when did you uh, know you wanted to get into uh, coaching? Um, you know, I had like opportunities to coach when I stopped playing professionally, mm-hmm. um, and I just needed it to end. Like, I needed the. I played um, four years straight, like forty-two weekends a year of lacrosse. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my son had just turned um, like two and a half. It was like two and a half years old when I was gonna play my last season. I was gonna play another season of outdoor, and I just had it. I was just like enough's enough, and I just stopped playing outdoor. And then I played two more years of indoor, and. They asked me if I wanted to coach after that, and I was like, you know, coaching indoor is different. You got to take off so many days, and being a school teacher makes it difficult. So, Um, but the opportunity arose when of coaching at that this level. Obviously, I coached a couple years of college lacrosse when I was just out of college, and then I've been coaching high school lacrosse since like 2000. Um, But I had the opportunity for the Rattlers to, I think it was 2011, 2010, 2011, to interview for the job. And they were like, I was like, well, who else, who else is interviewing for this job? And they were like, well, BJ O'Hara. And I was like, well, why don't you hire BJ O'Hara? <laughs> yeah. I was like, because they called and they called me and I was like, yeah, I probably can swing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they hired BJ O'Hara and he went 0 and 6. So I got mm-hmm. a call after their sixth loss, and I was the coach by Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do it. And um, the caveat was that I had uh, Coach Monty with me. Um, so uh, he's kind of been with me ever since I started coaching at the professional level. And he coached me when I was playing for the Rattlers back in 01, 02, 03, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, he's like my best friend from high school and got a lot in common and he's one of the smartest lacrosse guys I know. So that's great having him around because he, he fills in the spaces I miss, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And then, uh, you know, 
<clears throat> you were uh, out of coaching professionally for a few years, but uh, what was the uh, attraction to come back to the program and take the head coach job at um, uh, Chrome in the PLL? I guess the bottom line is I just missed it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a certain level of juice you get when you're around the best players and um, competing in a professional lacrosse league. Um, I love coaching the high school guys. I, I really do. I love watching them get better. But, you know, my ability to make changes on the fly and, and be able to draw stuff up and show them on a whiteboard and they be able to go out and execute it in one try um, is just – it's just – it's a lot of fun. The relationships are great. You know, these guys are men, and so I really like it. And the PLL, uh, no, you know, I hadn't gotten a call from the MLL, and I kind of figured I was going to get, you know, maybe picked up prior to that. And I probably would have said no because the whole reason I decided to kind of step away is um, my son was a rising junior, rising senior the last two summers. So, um I just coached his club team and really kind of worked through that recruiting process with him. But, you know, watching the PLL last year, um, I did, I did uh, have an interview last year and uh, didn't work out. And they called me back and asked if I wanted to interview again. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of chatter. There's the best players in field across right now are playing there and you know it's just kind of it's what i was used to for so many years mm-hmm. you know i played played at the highest level with the highest you know the best guys and when when you're not around that you kind of feel a little empty you know mm-hmm. yeah and then uh you know putting together your staff you mentioned uh you and coach monty had a previous relationship but one in what went into uh hiring those two assistant coaches so I, th- I think the major thing was, you know, if I could have put uh, Coach Warder on the staff, that mm-hmm. would have been my, my first thing I would have done. I don't know if he would have done it. He's got five kids now. Yeah. Um, you know, as I and, – and for him to take a pay cut now that he was a, a head coach in the MLL, he probably would not have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Nick Fiorentino is my um, – is my son-in-law right. he's the head coach at Geneseo and during the summertime we're probably with each other three days a week so Jocko lives literally a mile from my house and Nick's at my house three times a week it's <laughs> the proximity of just like hey come on over yeah and we can watch film together like we, we have some advantages I think that other people don't have um Nick's passion for the game is is second to none he puts so much time in and he's really really on top of things and he's a he's a younger guy that i can say okay i want you to run the box and be focused on that and he'll do it um i i like being having some say in what's going on in the offense but he'll support me in that role and probably work you know with the guys on man up plays that type of thing and and, you know, for the most part, I'll run offensive scheme and that kind of stuff. So um, he's just super happy to be involved. And it's a really good situation, uh, you know, from a relationship standpoint. 
um, and the ability to get together, you know, anytime is is an advantage, I would say. And then, you know, uh, yesterday we saw the expansion draft protection and unprotection list uh, get released, you know, especially as a, as a coach and a whole staff that did not coach the team last year. What was that process for you all in uh, making those lists? So it was difficult, to be honest with you. Um, we watched a lot of film. Um, Coach Monty started at the end of the season. I started at the beginning, and Nick watched probably every game. <laughs> and we just came up with our thought process that involves, you know, how are we going to create the best culture first and then put the best players in there. Mm-hmm. And there were some tough calls. And, um, but at the end of the day, you know, our biggest thing that we have to improve on is our defense. Yeah. Um, and the stats show it and the film shows it. So, um, we decided to keep, uh, Donowski because Donowski is a guy that demands respect from the other guys or doesn't demand it. He just gets respect yeah. from the other guys. He's a winner. Um, he's going to be a on-field coach and he's still hungry to play. Um, and having that guy that can help, um, coach while he's on the field and help, you know, help talk me through, through things and stuff. Um, I tap into the guys like that's, mm-hmm. that is what I do. Um, I ask them their input, you know, what's the best offensive we should run, you know, what are you guys most successful at? And then we, we create offense around that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to lean on him a little bit uh, to, you know, help me with some, some of the personalities that are out there. Um, so I, I think, I think he's going to be a great ad and, you know, like I said, defensively, we need to get better. Um, I, I kind of feel like we're going to get most of our guys back. Um, they were some difficult conversations, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not doing it for the wrong reasons. I'm trying to create a foundation here that, um, we're able to, to build from. And, you know, we're, we're the best two and eight team of all time. <laughs> yeah. Even with a, even with a, a defense that's, they were, they were built of a bunch of really, really good players, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Some of them up in age, some of them, you know, haven't, maybe he hasn't, haven't touched the field in a couple of years or whatever, but, um, you know, just even if we ended up with the same group with coach Monty at the helm and add one really good defenseman, we're going to be in really good shape. Um, but we have to get better in transition defense and, you know, getting our offensive guys off the field in a timely manner or getting them in the hole. So we play six on six. There's too many, too many unsettled goals last year that, mm-hmm. um, made it really hard to win games. You know, you're losing in overtime and you had two situations where we didn't get back in the hole and we gave up easy goals. So, um, I, I have the luxury of having the film and being able to look back at it and make some changes in the roster that is going to prevent that kind of stuff. And, you know, hopefully we coach him up to a point where 
they're really well-oiled machine and and ready to ready to operate. So um, the rest of the the rest of the decisions were easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the attack um, we're probably going to run Donowski attack mostly with Wolf and Gutterding. Those those are not not a question. The three yeah. most effective midfielders we had, uh, Karate, Rannigan, and McIntosh are no brainers. Um, the Will Haas kid is one of the best B middies in the league. That's a mm-hmm. no brainer. Joe White is still at the top of his game as yeah. far as I'm concerned. And you know, I got on the phone with Galloway early, and I I said, "How do you feel physically?" And he was like, "Coach, I'm like in the best shape of my life." I was like, "Well, how do we fix you mentally?" <laughs> you know, yeah, psychologically to to get yourself back at, to be the best goalie in the world. Like he, yeah. he's not far from that. Mm-hmm. He's really not yep. far from that. And having a wedding last year and, you know, expecting to retire before last year. And then all of a sudden the PLL came along and, and he wanted to support it. And he just, you know, it, it was difficult. And then after going on five, then it's really difficult to keep your head in it. So mm-hmm. he's really excited and he's working hard. He's already started training and, um, and then, you know, Connor Farrell, you don't even have to talk about him. Yeah. He was super successful last year. And, you know, that's, a, that's one of the spots where you have to, you have to be really good to actually contend for a championship at the end of the year. So. Right. And then, uh, you know, you have a familiarity with, uh, many of these players having coached them, uh, with the Latlos. Do you think that gives you an advantage, uh, coming in? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so such a big advantage mm-hmm. actually um like i have personal relationships with all these guys we've mm-hmm. stayed in touch over the last two years um they're i know how they play um i'm really familiar with putting them in the spots that they can be most successful um you know that that, that relationship's really important um spent a lot of time on and off here on the phone with uh Gutterding and some of the other guys I don't know as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're developing a relationship, but that's not going to be hard. He's a great kid and and he works really hard. And you know, so I that I think it's a no brainer. I think it's a you know we're going to continue to try to you know pick up guys that make us better at every position. And I've already had those conversations with those guys. Like, hey, we're going to try to get better at every single position. And if that means that your role changes, then it means your role changes. So, um, and they appreciate that because they know, they know that it's a competitive league and, you know, there's a lot of guys interested in playing in this league now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see an influx of players from uh, the other two leagues, the indoor and, and the MLL coming our way this year. And, you know, hopefully we can benefit and, be in a position to like offensively we can compete for a championship. We have to, we have to figure out um, the transition piece and the defensive end. And we get that, but you know, solid, solid. And, you know, we, we can be effective defensively, then we're going to be more effective um, offensively. So. And then, you know, uh, with the, the different rule set in the uh, PLL, you think there's anything, uh, you know, coaching-wise that uh, you have to adjust your style to uh, to 
kind of play to the rules? You know, I've been watching a lot of film, and and I remember like being aggravated that we didn't get our guys on until there was like 20 seconds left in the shot clock back mm-hmm. when there was a 60-second shot clock. Yeah. But cutting that 10, 10 yards out of the middle of the field makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking at Chrome offense, and by the time they have all six guys on after transition and um, you know switching personnel, they're still looking at 27, 26 seconds on average of, of uh, offensive time. So I don't think that piece, I think the, the two-point line is really interesting to me because – the comfort level for guys to step into 15 versus step into 16 is way different. Mm-hmm. Um, each yard you get away from, like, you need a little bit more pop on your yeah. shot. Or you have to be a really, really good shooter, hide your stick, throw it to a, you know, a spot he's not going to expect, and, you know, a little misdirection there. But um, I think it's different how you play defense with that 15 yard arc you have to use it as where you put your heels not like in the we used to have their toes on it mm-hmm. i think their heels or they have to step out in front of that um but it, it really comes down to like hey let's play six on six mm-hmm. we get pick, beat six on six and we play our best game they deserve to win but when you give up two three transition goals a game you know and you're not getting them I mean, that's another thing for us is to how do we get better at scoring transition goals? Um, you know, defensively, you know, we might look to, you know, put some guys on the roster that can actually, that are big, big guys in transition. So, um, so taking kind of all that into account as we look at the uh, entry draft and the waiver and then the college draft. So, 